the most anticipated debut. Looks for the change, and he'll pick up the first down on fourth and 15. And now you know what all the excitement is about. This guy can make something out of nothing. You see that? Wow. The XTV College Football Show with Andy Singleton. That is what people pay money to see. You know that? That is why people are just... Quarterback draw. Touchdown, Matt Corral. All right, okie dokes and holy smokes. This is Andy Singleton, and you are tuned in to Good Instincts, the weekly college football radio program from expandtheboxscore.com. You can find me on Twitter at People's Pen, and a lot has happened since last week. Thanks to those returning. Welcome to those newcomers. Welcome to those newcomers. As you hear in the background, there is a baby crying. Since my last recorded episode, I've had the birth of my daughter, so... Needless to say, I'm a little sleep deprived, but living off the fumes of excitement and renewed energy with this new life in my household. So she's already watched a full day of Saturday college football. She was born on Friday, September 17th, and spent the whole day, our first day, really bonding together, watching college football on Saturday. So a lot to recap from the past week, uh, but even more to preview for week four, the upcoming week four. And I'm just going to dive into it. I'm just going to go into my notes here and, and go through things. Uh, if you have been paying attention to the show at all, you know I like to go through each position and then get into my power rankings, uh, my top 10 power rankings, and then preview my weekly pick six or six pick. I call it six pick because, uh, you know, like a six pack. Six pack on a Saturday, so six pick, whatever. Pick six, whatever. It's six games. Who cares? Who cares how we phrase this? But let's get right into things and start with the running backs, of course. Uh, things starting to take a little bit of shape. The Big Ten is turning out to be just a phenomenal conference for rushers. And Trey Potts, Drayson Potts of Minnesota, goes for another 26 carries, 121 yards, and three more touchdowns. Remember, this is the sophomore who took over for Muhammad Ibrahim when he was lost with the season-ending injury. Another fantastic day for the new starter. He's now up to 60 carries in just two starts since, take, since taking over for Ibram. Expect this to continue and expect Potts to be among the conference leaders in yardage, which, as I mentioned, is extremely impressive in the Big Ten right now. This name is going to be nationally known very soon. So if you haven't heard it before, you heard it here now first. Trayson Potts, Trey Potts, Minnesota running back, sophomore stud. Let's keep going through. Kareem Walker had a big week. South Alabama, he had 23 carries for 150 yards. He, too, had three touchdowns. This is an older prospect. He's 23 years old. He uh, He's bounced around a few programs. He went from Michigan to Mississippi State. Now he ends up at South Alabama. And uh, the former four-star recruit, like I mentioned, he had a big week with those 150 yards and three carries and three touchdowns. So I'm not necessarily saying this is going to be a draft, a high-end draft prospect, but somebody to keep uh, a name, uh, uh, somebody to keep tabs on. He's Got the pedigree of playing at Michigan, playing at Mississippi State, two big conferences, four-star recruit. What I love more than anything, though, is that he is going to open the passing game for one of my favorite receivers, and Jalen Tolbert. And, you know, Kareem Walker is going to get the volume. He's going to get the carries that he might not necessarily have gotten at Michigan and Mississippi State. So could be a late bloomer, somebody that, you know, maybe a mid to late round draft pick. But somebody, if he could put up the production, he's got good size and definitely had the pedigree, just maybe a late bloomer. Kareem Walker, South Alabama. To keep moving with another senior, Jalen Warren. I got to mention, another senior, but a huge week against Boise State. 
Jalen Warren goes for 32 carries, 218 yards, and two touchdowns. And I mentioned that was against Boise State. So big week for the senior from Oklahoma State. Ty Chandler, North Carolina, middle of the road, fifth-year senior. He comes to Chapel Hill after spending four years with Tennessee. He comes in to replace the Javante Williams and Michael Carter loss for the Tar Heels. This is only his fourth career 100-yard game and 48 career contests, but it was an explosive one. He had 20 carries, 198 yards, and two touchdowns, so big week for the Tar Heel. And the last running back I want to mention this week is one of the preeminent names in all of football. Uh, This was a guy that had a lot of people excited leading into the season. I'm talking about Isaiah Spiller of Texas A&M. He's just continued to be steady. Uh, The junior is one of the nation's best runners and most dynamic backs, but he's been sharing the load with sophomore Devin Achene. And, you know, like I mentioned, he's been steady and consistent. He now logs his second 100-yard game in just the three games Texas A&M has played so far. It's the 12th of his career. Not necessarily putting together these 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 huge games, but the production and the balance – and I'm going to get into Texas A&M a little later. This has been one of my top teams for a while. They're starting to prove the doubters and skeptics wrong. They're in the top 10, and I think that's just going to continue to climb. And Spiller's a big reason for that. So junior running back, huge pedigree, definitely going to be a top five running back in the NFL draft this year if he does indeed declare, which I expect him to. So those are the five running backs I target as really having the best of the week, the best of the week's at the position uh, a couple other guys uh, definitely had huge weeks but I don't want to get too uh, too tied down in the nitty-gritty of individual performance uh, I want this uh, show this week to be more about the team previews for you know upcoming games this week and what I think the top 10 should look like but that's the running back position and don't forget if you're not checking out expandtheboxscore.com go and check out our advanced statistics the leaderboards are insane uh, just click on the skill positions. You can filter it however you want, by conference, by week, by position, minimums, maximums. You, you filter however you want. You're going to get your own customized leaderboard. So it's really a fun and exciting and easy-to-use tool. So definitely go check that out. Just $25 for a full-year subscription. An annual subscription is only $25. Uh, and that's the everyday price. So you don't need any special codes from me today to just go and sign up. But there you have it, running backs. Let's move on. Wide receivers. I got five here that I like their week, so let's just run through them. Charleston Rambo, Miami. If you listen and you know anything about me, Miami's my childhood team. I grew up a Hurricane fan. Uh, kind of morphed in with Coach Saban. And, yes, I, I'm proud to say I ride the Alabama bandwagon. But Miami and Alabama, my two college programs. I'm here in New York City, so didn't really have one growing up. So I feel like I can adopt whoever I want. And Miami was the team I adopted growing up. Charleston Rambo. This is what he went to Miami for. What he did in week three, listen to these numbers. 16 targets, 12 receptions, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. He gets to be the focal point in the Hurricanes offense. He finally started connecting with De'Ara King, who now may be sidelined for some time with a shoulder injury, but still Charleston Rambo. His season hasn't been horrible so far, but this was the type of explosive game with those 12 receptions and 156 yards that I think people envision when he transferred from Oklahoma to Miami. So good to see him get it going. Drake London, USC, this is one of the more highly regarded receiving talents in college. He's got the size. He's got the pedigree. He's at USC, a four-star recruit coming out of high school. The junior Trojan is now tied for the nation's lead amongst receivers. He's got 29 catches in just three games. This week he had 17 targets, 13 receptions, 
170 yards and two scores. I mean, that's phenomenal production from anybody, let alone a guy with eyes on him in the Pac-12. So keep watching Drake London. He's just going to continue to keep blossoming. I really like this guy's production and, and style of play. So definitely Drake London is somebody that's going to be in the top talk of the draft circles and cycles this year. Keeping the flow going, Corey Gamage, Marshall, 6'4", 220-pound junior, could be poised for a big breakout. Now, he's yet to find the end zone this year, but he's a huge target, and currently he's on pace for a 1,400-yard season. Definitely keep an eye on him. Corey Gamage out of Marshall, I mentioned this week, was huge for him. 12 targets, 8 receptions, 180 yards. Still no touchdowns on the year, but again, 6'4", 220, huge target. Keep an eye. Uh, check mark, earmark, Corey Gamage, however you do your uh, scouting and notes. And Josh Downs, North Carolina, sophomore now, who gets center stage in this Mac Brown and Sam Howell-led high-octane offense. We saw Virginia Tech you know, air quotes here, upset North Carolina in week one. But Virginia Tech has shown they're a better team than most gave them credit for. Sam Howell looked rattled in week one, but he's started to recover and show the pedigree that had a lot of people, myself included, labeling him their QB1 at the beginning of the year. So Josh Downs, nine targets, eight receptions, 203 yards and two scores in week three. This kid is going to be dynamic he got to watch diami brown and daz newsome and he's quickly emerging as a big play option he's already got eight plays of 20 plus yards on the season which is tied for the national lead so josh downs not going to slow down keep an eye on the tar heel and finally the last guy i want to mention this week at the receiver position is devin Tompkins from utah state is a senior uh but listen listen to these lines in three games so far Eight receptions, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Eight receptions, 172 yards, and a touchdown. And then this past week, nine receptions, 188 yards, and a touchdown. At this pace, he'll finish with 100 receptions for 1,800 yards, which should have everyone's attention. So Devin Tompkins, Utah State, not going anywhere, continues to just put up humongous and insane, ridiculous numbers. If you're not knowing or watching or paying attention to Devin Tompkins, add him to your list as well. All right, tight ends. I'm going to skip this position this week. Just didn't really have the energy or the time. I mentioned being sleep-deprived with the newborn. Uh, Not really much happened at the tight end position yet as far as a production standpoint, so not really much to report outside of the usual suspects of Michael Meyer of Notre Dame and Trey McBride of Colorado State. So we'll get into that a little deeper next week. We're also going to get into some IDP, individual defensive performances, Next week as well, uh, we have a leaderboard for IDP as well at Expand the Box Score. So make sure you know you start checking that out. We've been giving out a game ball each week uh, to the most dynamic defensive player uh, based on their power totals. Power totals is a, a sum of sacks, quarterback hurries, uh, tackles for losses, and I'm trying to think what the other stat is right now. But uh, the power number is a... Is a self-created thing with our idp leaderboard tool so make sure you go check that out especially if you're into defense which i know a lot of you are not as big of a niche market as you think just not anybody's really covering it so that's why we wanted to fill that void so go check that out as well all right quarterback same kind of thing i'm not going to get into too many specifics here but if the heisman trophy were all about numbers smu qb tanner mordecai would have already won this thing 
the junior transferred from Oklahoma. Obviously, he didn't get to play too much at Oklahoma over the last couple of years with Rattler and Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts and everything that's gone on at Oklahoma. So he leaves Oklahoma. He goes to SMU, and he's off to a ridiculous start. In three games, he's got 1,003 yards passing, 16 touchdowns to just two interceptions. He had another six touchdowns this past week, and he's doing all this with a 73% completion ratio. So right now he's not even listed as a Heisman candidate, which is kind of crazy. That distinct honor would go to Ole Miss arm Matt Coral, who's vaulted into the lead for this prize trophy. He's slightly edging Alabama sophomore Bryce Young for the lowest odds or highest odds, however you want to phrase it, in terms of who's going to win the uh, Heisman Trophy this year. Matt Coral is at plus 210, and Bryce Young is currently at plus 250. Uh, after that, it jumps to C.J. Stroud at plus 1,600. So still very early in the process. But Matt Coral has vaulted into the top position, top favorite to win the Heisman, followed by Bryce Young at Alabama. Listen, let's put it like this. Coral is going to get tested in the SEC, but if he continues to do what he's doing, he's going to hold everybody off. The numbers for, for Coral are great. He's got 69% completion ratio, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions. Again, playing in the SEC, if he can continue to maintain anything near this level of production, it, it, he's going to be the presumptive favorite and continue to stay in that lead. So, Matt Coral, if you didn't know, now you know. I don't know who doesn't know at this point. But uh, we're going to get into Ole Miss in a little bit because they have a big game coming up. Some other big seasons developing from the QBs, Virginia's Brennan Armstrong, Fresno State's Jake Hayner, and Mississippi State's Will Rogers, uh, old and familiar face Will Rogers, but getting it done at Mississippi State to start the year. So those are some quarterbacks to maybe kind of keep in the peripheral in addition to the, the big names I mentioned at the beginning. A random note real, real quick before we get into the top 25. After 44 games with Baylor, it took just three at Utah for quarterback Charlie Brewer to move on. He decided he's not getting it done at Utah, wants to leave. Uh, no plans in place yet as far as what's going to happen with his future, but fifth-year player in college. Taking over for the Utes is going to be sophomore Cameron Rising, and that's going to be the quarterback for Utah going forward. So there's a random note for you. Charlie Brewer out at Utah as their quarterback. Sophomore Cameron Rising taking over. All right, let's get into the top 25, more specifically my top 10 power rankings. And uh, I was going to run through last week's and what, what the results were. Maybe we should do that. I'll do that quick. All right, so number one, Alabama. They, they won at Florida. Number two, Georgia. They beat South Carolina 40-13. to 13. Texas A&M beat New Mexico 34-0. Cincinnati won at Indiana. 38-24. Iowa, they beat Kent State 30-7. Oklahoma, they escaped again, beating Nebraska 23-16. Number seven, Penn State. This was the maybe the game of the week. They beat Auburn 28-20 in what was a phenomenal home field advantage crowd, the whiteout in Happy Valley. Uh, so that was nice to see at State College. Number eight, Oregon. Beat Stony Brook, another local, you know, this is why, going back to the beginning, this is why I've, I've adopted Miami and Alabama now as my college programs because when, when you get the likes of Stony Brook, Fordham, and to a lesser extent Rutgers as your real, really your only options, yeah, things are kind of bleak. So uh, Oregon, number eight in my rankings at least, beat Stony Brook 48-7. to 
Number nine, UCLA. They dropped out. They lost to Fresno State 40-37. to I mentioned Jake Hayner playing quarterback for the Bulldogs, and Fresno State actually looked really good. Uh, number 10, Coastal Carolina. They narrowly escaped the tough Buffalo team in Buffalo 28-25, but Grayson McCall, they did get it done. All right, so no drum roll needed, but my updated power 10. All right, Alabama 3-0, the obvious number one. I mentioned they beat Florida this week 31-29. to They were dominant early. They jumped out, uh, scored quick 21 points in the first quarter, but then were actually lucky to survive this. An inexperienced team that grew up quick in this game, but the blood is now in the water for future opponents of the Crimson Tide. Uh, people have seen this team as vulnerable. They're kind of like... Kind of like Mike Tyson at this stage in his prime. Alabama just comes in and just people expect to get dominated. So when you can kind of make them bleed and get a couple jabs in, as Florida was able to do, it gives some hope for future opponents. And I think that's what's going to happen now. This is a young team. Mentioned Bryce Young at quarterback. Uh, you got some changing of the guard there. The deep and talented backfields of the past few years that we've seen. Not that they don't have talent there but brian robinson is what in his fourth or fifth season uh, definitely got the talent but not somebody that you're really looking at is going to be a future stud at the position there's definitely some changing of the guard at alabama right now maybe retooling so yeah they, they kind of got knocked around a little by florida and they're going to get a break this week with the frank gore led southern mississippi golden eagles and then they have a brutal two-game stretch versus Ole miss and then a texas a&m so Schedule's going to tighten up a little for Alabama, but I think they have enough to right the ship. They remain at number one. Number two, another obvious pick with Georgia at 3-0. and Listen, they were wire-to-wire dominant of South Carolina. JT Daniels back under center. Both Stetson Bennett and Daniels now have quality wins under their belts, and that versatility of the QBs is only going to make this team stronger. They should have a breeze at Vanderbilt this week before locking up with Arizona at home and then a trip to Auburn. So they're going to have a couple tough matches coming up as well, but they should have another easy win and victory this week playing at Vandy. My number three team, Texas A&M. I mentioned this has been my team for a while. They're now 3-0. I said this defense was good and that the only hiccup might be if newly inserted starting quarterback Zach Calzada had any growing pains. So far, so good. The D pitched the shutout, and Calzada got rolling early and often. This team is extremely dangerous, and that will be evident when they host Arkansas this week. They're on my six pick, so we'll get into that one in a little bit, but Texas A&M, 3-0, number three. My number four team is Cincinnati. At 3-0, the Bearcats have had a theme of putting themselves into holes that they then have to figure out a way to crawl out of. If you listened last week, you knew I warned that Indiana could be a tough out, and they came prepared before petering out towards the end. Since he went on to control the second half and ultimately the outcome of the game, they won by 14, but most of the game was closer than the score would indicate. I do think some of their sluggish start was the fact that they were looking ahead on the calendar for a showdown that they have in South Bend at Notre Dame. That's next on their schedule after a bye this week. So, you know, they might have seen the bye and then knew Notre Dame was, you know, in the in the, uh, in the the peripheral. So they might have gotten a little bit ahead of themselves, and that's what slow start at Indiana was about. But make no mistake about it, Indiana's a tough team, just not on the same level as Cincinnati. They were able to come back and prevail. They remain number four in my rankings. Number five, I have Iowa at 3-0. Nothing to see here. They had a matchup with Kent State that they should have breezed through, and they did. On paper, the Big Ten appears to be back right now. But we'll see just how for real this Hawkeyes team is in two weeks when they go to Maryland. 
Another snoozer this week as they host Colorado State on Saturday. Iowa should remain undefeated. One of the hottest trends in sports gaming is prop bets. Now, in recent years, daily fantasy sports has boomed as well. Thrive Fantasy is combining the two, and Expand the Box Score is the perfect complement for that. Thrive Fantasy sets it up for you to enter a contest of your choosing and then create a lineup of 10 prop bets out of a list of 20 choices. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive Fantasy has over 140,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 1 and has awarded over 4 million in cash prizes to date. These aren't some Johnny-come-latelys. They're the leader in prop betting DFS. Thrive Fantasy's featured $100,000 guaranteed contest is just 20 bucks to enter and first place takes home $20,000. What's better, XTB's advanced stats databases allow you to truly search for trends and nail those props down. We're so confident our tools can help that we're giving you a free subscription to our NFL database when you deposit $10 or more in your new Thrive Fantasy account and enter a contest. Even more than that, Thrive will give you a 100% deposit match bonus on your first $100 spent. So what do you have to lose? Go to thrivefantasy.com to check them out for yourselves, and don't forget to use the code XTB when you make a deposit for a bonus gift from us at Expand the Box Score. Number six, Penn State. I have them at number six. They're 3-0. Another team I was buying before the AP and coaches polls were, but they completely handled a talented Auburn team in front of a whited-out home crowd in Happy Valley, as I mentioned. Listen, they have a matchup this week with Villanova, who's put out a couple pros in the last couple years, but... This is not a football program. This is still a, a basketball, you know, school. They should destroy their in-state rival from Philly <laughs> before a monstrous Big Ten schedule ensues for Penn State. So they've got their work cut out for them. Enjoy this week. Enjoy this. Uh, I don't want to disrespect Villanova by saying bye week, but it, this was like Oregon playing Stony Brook last week. This this should not be a, a challenge or a threat for Penn State. Keep rolling along here, Oregon. I have them at number seven, three and zero. Oh. The team shocked the nation with their win at Ohio State, and that's going to hold a lot of weight if they continue to win in dominant fashion. Their week one struggle with Fresno State that seems even more impressive now after the Bulldogs upset UCLA this past weekend. I mentioned Fresno State's been looking really good. They gave the Ducks a scare. They upset UCLA now, but this Oregon team is going to have to remain disciplined as. Three of their upcoming games are somewhat of a cakewalk. So the schedule gets extremely light for Oregon now. They're going to have to remain their poise and discipline, uh, not get too complacent. They should be 6-0 and before they have their next main challenge. So continue to expect to see Oregon in the top 10. Oklahoma, I have them at 8-3-0. and I drop them in my rankings this week. They're, they're now at, at number 8. They're still 3-0. They're still undefeated. But this team is flirting with disaster. That 3-0 and mark seems inflated to me. The defense isn't great. The offense is supposed to be good, but now it's shown itself to be vulnerable. They're in for their greatest challenge yet when they play host to West Virginia this week. West Virginia just pulled off the upset with Virginia Tech, who I mentioned was looking pretty good this year. So West Virginia is not going to be anything easy. It's going to be the toughest opponent Oklahoma's had. This is another game on my sixth pick, so stay tuned. You'll want to listen to that prediction. Number nine, talked about Matt Coral before. I got Ole Miss 3-0. They turned the gas on versus Tulane in what led to an ultimate 61-21 blowout. Tulane, I thought, was going to cover the 14. They held around for a little bit. It was a little bit nip and tuck in the, in the first you know first half. And then Tulane just put the turn, turn the gas on, put the pedal to the floor. 61-21 blowout. Never looked back. Matt Coral, as I mentioned, has vaulted into the top QB conversation. Starting to get some first overall type of buzz. This week, 
They get off before traveling to Tuscaloosa for the potential game of the year at Alabama. Lane Kiffin returning to Bama, two weeks to prepare, arguably the best team he's ever had as a head coach. I mean, it's two weeks away. I can't wait. Uh, I'm already just trying to figure out what I'm doing that Saturday and plan ahead, not schedule anything, because this is going to be the game you want to watch. If you only watch one college football game this year, it's not going to be this week. It's going to be next week when Ole Miss travels to Alabama for a, a showdown in SEC play. Number 10, I got Notre Dame. I got them in here now, finally. 3-0. and They moved into the, my top 10 power rankings. They had a convincing win against a good Purdue team. They turned up the pressure against the Boilermakers. They were super, super, and when I say super, I mean super aggressive on David Bell all game. Eventually, they knocked him out of the game and into the concussion protocol. He's since been cleared from that, but uh, they were just hounding David Bell all game, holding him, dragging him, knocking him out on cross routes. I mean, it was it was a little ugly to see, to be honest, but uh, they were definitely playing aggressive. This team, to me, feels kind of like a mirror image of last year with Jack Cohn kind of giving that veteran presence and leadership that Ian Book provided. They too are on my six pack for the week. So let's, you know what? Let's just use this as a perfect transition to to my wagers. And without further ado, my week four, Saturday six pick. These are the six games I've pulled out of the schedule that I am most excited to watch and or like the lines and your wagering opportunities in these games the most. So let's start with that matchup with number 12, Notre Dame at number 18, Wisconsin. And if you're confused, Notre Dame is my personal number 10 in my top 10 rankings. They're nationally ranked number 12 right now. So number 12, Notre Dame at number 18, Wisconsin, Saturday, 12 p.m., coming to you on Fox. The Irish team, they're very good, but they're not elite. They have pieces that can get them through some tough matchups and be a borderline playoff team, but they're not one I see holding up the hardware when it's all said and done. Again, they travel this week to Madison for a matchup with the Badgers. This is one of those games I speak of. They're, they're good enough to get by a decent Wisconsin team. It's also a revenge game for Jack Cohn going back to play against his former team. So I definitely don't think that Jack Cohn, who played for Wisconsin for all those years, is going back as the leader of Notre Dame now and is going to let the Irish lose. Uh, and they definitely have the talent to be able to get this. Uh, you look at the the seeding, the rankings, 12 and 18, sounds a little closer on paper. Wisconsin has that home field advantage. They also are five-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. I definitely think Notre Dame pulls this out. It makes a, a nice money line upset for me, which is currently in the plus 200 range. So I would just take Notre Dame right here with the flat-out victory. I'm not even getting involved in the line. Notre Dame is going to win this game. and That's going to be a nice two-to-one payoff. My second game of the week that I'm earmarking, Texas Tech at Texas. State rival, in-state rival, Saturday, 12 p.m. This is on national TV on ABC. I'm really liking this game as a free money game this week. The Red Raiders of Texas Tech have gotten off to a nice 3-0 start, but those have all been at home. and They've been against opponents that are nowhere near the talent level that Texas has. The Longhorns had high expectations entering this year, and new head coach Steve Starkeesian's squad was embarrassed in what was perceived to be another, air quotes, upset to Arkansas. Arkansas, listen, they're a very good squad, SEC team, as we know, 3-0 now. They're certainly better than Texas Tech, and having to travel for the first time this year is going to be too daunting of a task for the Red Raiders. I think this is a low line because of the record. I think Texas Tech being 3-0 keeps this at minus 9.5, but Texas should be able to 
show why they will be moving to the SEC soon. I'm taking that Longhorns hanging 10 as gravy. I definitely think they can cover 10. So I like Texas minus 9.5 this week. The stock market is tried and true, and NFTs are the latest rage in digital currency. So what's better than combining this with your love for the sports world? Simply put, nothing. Symbol Exchange allows you to take ownership in your favorite franchises. From the NFL to the NBA, Major League Baseball, and now even college football as well, Symbol Exchange allows you to buy, trade, and sell shares of these franchises in their marketplace. Additionally, your teams will accrue real cash with every victory they achieve in real life. Two ways for your franchise to appreciate in value. XTB is so excited to partner with Symbol, and we'd love for you to see them for yourself, that we are giving you a free year subscription to all of our advanced stats databases and tools. That's a free $40 value when you deposit $25 or more into a new Symbol Exchange account. So what are you waiting for? Go to Symbol.app to check them out for yourselves, and don't forget to use the code XTB when you make a deposit for a bonus gift from us right here at Expand the Box Score. My third game, Boise State at Utah State. This is at 12 noon on CBS. Boise has made themselves a mid-major blue blood in college football. And, you know, we tend to hear their name and just assume they're good. They still are, but Utah State is better than anyone realizes at this point. The Aggies are a perfect 3-0. They feature senior wide receiver Devin Tompkins, who I went over last week and mentioned earlier today as well. Tompkins leads the nation in receiving yards with 454. He's tied for fourth in receptions with 25. Utah State's averaging averaging 41 points per game. This team can certainly move the ball. I love the Aggies at 9.5, at plus 9.5 this week, but I really love the over of 63.5 even more. I think Boise State can move the ball as well, putting up in, in the 20s to 30s, and I think Utah is going to be in the 30s to 40s. So I definitely think this, think this game is going over 63.5. If you want to take either the Aggies plus 9.5 or the over, I'm fine with either. If you only took one, I would say take the over. All right, moving along. Number four, man, there's some good games this week. All right, I I was thinking number four was going to be my game of the week, number seven, Texas A&M, at number 16, Arkansas. Uh, This might have to be the game of the week. This comes to you on Saturday, 3.30 on CBS. I believe in this Arkansas team. I called their upset of Texas in week two. You go back and listen to that episode, and you'll hear it right here first that I said Arkansas is going to win this game. Sure enough, they did. But I've been talking of Texas A&M since the beginning of the year. And after seeing how new QB Zach Calzada handled things this past week, I think the Aggies are beaming with confidence. I just think this team is going to roll for the next couple weeks now. This should be a fun and exciting back-and-forth contest. But even on the road, I'm going to stick with my proclamation of Tamu being the real deal. I call him Tamu, Texas A&M. Listen, within a touchdown is very doable, and I believe it gets done. A&M is minus 5.5 right now. That's good enough for me. I think they can win by a touchdown, if not more. So I'm taking Texas A&M, number 7, on the road at Arkansas. All right, number 5, UTSA at Memphis. Texas San Antonio at Memphis, Saturday, 3.30 on ESPNU. Neither of these teams are ranked right now, and it might be the best matchup of the week. I'm on record as having adopted the Roadrunners of UTSA as my team for the 2021 season. I know I'm up to three now with Alabama and Miami, but I love this San Antonio Roadrunners team. Uh, so far, they're living up to the bill. 
this trio of running backs and Sierra McCormick, wide receivers Akari Franklin, and safety Rashad Wisdom, just to name a few of the unheralded studs on this roster. And meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, Memphis, they just continue to recruit well and churn out production from their system. The latest duo, freshman QB Seth Hennigan and running back Brandon Thomas, are off to blazing starts, while their senior wide receiver Calvin Austin looks to turn in his second straight 1,000-yard campaign. So this should be a fast-paced game with a lot of scoring, but the defense of UTSA should prevail. I do like this defense a lot. They're active. They're aggressive. They kind of remind me a little bit in some regard of San Jose State of last year where it took a while for people to realize just how good they were on a national level, uh, but they were definitely a shutdown kind of team. Tulsa was Avon Collins, uh, falls somewhat into that category. So I think this San Antonio team is kind of in that same mold, and I think that defense is going to be enough to hold Memphis back a little bit, maybe a couple possessions here or there that they hold them on the three and out. I'm a little hesitant to think the over, but I'm going to stick with my team. I'm going to take San Antonio. I'm going to take the money line. They're the underdog right now. The line is Memphis minus three and a half. Utah for the flat-out upset. Take them with the money line. Take them for the win. Currently, it's at plus 140. All right, finally, number six, my game of the week. And I mentioned there are some good ones this week, but this is it. This is where I'm calling my shot. I'm calling my shot right here. West Virginia at number four, Oklahoma, Saturday at 730 on ABC. I'm taking West Virginia in the straight-up upset on the road in Norman. Current odds of that are plus 550 and greater. The line is minus 16.5 for the Sooners. I told you, Oklahoma's already been on the ropes twice in just three games, and the Mountaineers are the toughest opponent they've faced so far. This will be too much of a shock to their system and perhaps the wake-up call that Oklahoma needs, uh, but I do think West Virginia can go in and pull off the upset and surprise a lot of people. Oklahoma, as I mentioned, has been flirting with disaster, and I think it finally catches up to them this week. West Virginia's top to bottom the best team they've played so far, and I think they have enough to match them both offensively and defensively. So I think this is going to be something that stuns some people, but, you know, we did it with Arkansas, so we're doing it hopefully again here. West Virginia with the upset. Who's yours? Uh, call your shot. Why don't you hashtag it, call your shot. At me on Twitter, at People's Pen. Let me know who you're calling your shot with this week in, in the college game. We're going to wrap things up there. Um, Yeah, we're now on iTunes. So however you want to listen to this podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, uh, Pocket Cast, Google Play, anything. We're there. You name it, we're there. Check out our sponsors. Don't forget Thrive Fantasy, the Thrive Fantasy app, number one DFS in props, which is basically combining two of the hottest things in all fantasy sports. DFS and prop betting and combining them in one. So go to Thrive Fantasy and check them out. Use promo code XTB. Also check out our sponsor Symbol Exchange. Another thing, another new site combining you know some of the hottest trends. It's they they don't like when I say it like this, but it's basically like NFTs of fantasy sports where you can basically buy a franchise. You can take ownership, take claim of an owner uh, of of a franchise, whether it be Major League Baseball, NFL. NBA and now college football. And if your team wins, you get a payoff for that. You can buy and trade. Uh, you can put, you know, sell your team on the exchange. It's the stock market, but with teams. So definitely pretty cool. Symbol Exchange, check them out as well. And as I continue to tell you, go check out everything we're doing at Expand the Box Score from the free articles, from the free podcasts like this one, from the videos that we're putting out, all the articles, and definitely the stats 
for college and the pros as well as the DFS tools. Everything's hitting on and clicking on all cylinders right now at XDB. So check us out. Thanks for listening today. For my newborn daughter and myself, we're going to sign off. I hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't been paying attention, keep coming back every week for all the college info you need. And make sure you give this a rating, review, subscribe, whatever you got to do, however you listen. I appreciate it. Thanks. I'll see you next week. What you know about rolling down in the deep when your brain goes numb? You can call that mental freeze when these people talk too much. Put that shit in slow motion. Yeah, I feel like an astronaut in the ocean. Hey, what you know about rolling down in the deep when your brain goes numb? You can call that mental freeze when these people talk too much. Put that shit in slow motion. Yeah, I feel like an astronaut in the ocean. She say that I'm cool. I'm like, yeah, that's true. I believe in G-O-D, don't believe in T-H-O-T, she keep playing me dumb, I'm a player for fun, y'all don't really